KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon, hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Tuesday, July 13th. San Diego struggles to implement its own climate action plan. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. The San Diego County Sheriff's Department hosted a gun trade in Vista on Sunday, trading guns for gift cards. Here's Sheriff's Lieutenant David Buther. And so we did run out of gift cards. Um, I'm not sure when, but we did. We had nearly 300 firearms that were uh, surrendered during the time period, and so many people ended up with some IOUs. Later this week, the San Diego City Council Committee will get a report from the police department on so-called ghost guns or firearms that are untraceable. A new report from the San Diego Food System Alliance has suggestions for how the county can improve San Diegans' access to food. According to the report, before the pandemic, one in seven San Diegans in the region were experiencing food insecurity. The alliance says today it's one in three. The report outlines three main goals for improving food security. That's by cultivating racial justice, fighting climate change, and by strengthening public safety nets and investing in the local food economy. The Beckworth Fire Complex in Northeast California is now the state's largest wildfire of this year. Almost 90,000 acres have burned since last week, and containment is at 23%. Chris Carlton is a spokesman for the Plumas National Forest, where the fire is. The Plumas National Forest, this is the third fire in, in three years of national significance. Every community in these counties has been impacted repeatedly over the last couple of years. While it's devastating, it's also really shown us what we're made of. Investigators believe all of the fires in the Beckworth complex were started by lightning. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. new audit says San Diego has some major shortcomings when it comes to implementing its own climate action plan. The city council reviewed the audit on Monday. KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen has more. San Diego's 2015 climate action plan was hailed as a model for cities across the country, but the city auditor found the plan's implementation has fallen short. City departments aren't tracking their progress toward transportation and conservation goals, and they aren't being held accountable for their lack of action. Advocates have been voicing similar criticism for years and say San Diego needs more staff dedicated to climate action. The city of San Diego must show its commitment to implementing the Climate Action Plan by increasing funding for the Sustainability Department so that the city has the staff and the resources to actually make progress. City council members largely agreed San Diego has not moved fast enough to lower greenhouse gas emissions or to prepare for the worst impacts of climate change. All of this work requires people. Our sustainability team is amazing, but we want to make sure that they're adequately resourced so that they can continue doing the amazing work that they do. That's why I think the staffing analysis is so, so important. 
so that council can make the necessary budgetary decisions to meet our cap goals. City officials agreed to implement the audit's recommendations over the next year and a half. They're also preparing an update to the Climate Action Plan that will include even more sustainability goals that stretch decades into the future. And that was KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen. Father Joe Carroll, a man who created a national model to tackle homelessness more than 30 years ago, died over the weekend. KPBS health reporter Matt Hoffman says his legacy will not soon be forgotten. I'm the director of St. Vincent Falls Center. It's a program to help homelessness. So much has happened over the past 30 years. Father Joe Carroll, the namesake behind one of San Diego's largest homeless service providers, died over the weekend at age 80. At the Joan Crock Center in downtown San Diego, people have been bringing flowers to honor him and remember his selfless attitude. He's helped me out, he's fed me, you know, give me a place to live, you know, resources, and uh, he's definitely going to be missed, you know. He's an icon here in San Diego, and he's helped thousands and thousands of people. Father Joe was a Catholic priest who more than three decades ago decided to devote his work to helping the homeless. We talked about that, you know, the term hustler priest and the fact that he was so well known for being able to gather funds for, uh, for those in need. And he's mentioned to me time and time again that it was, it was quite easy and it was easy because he wasn't doing it for himself. Father Joe's Village's CEO, Deacon Jim Vargas, was tearful when recounting one of his last conversations with Carol, where he told him about a new housing development that's dedicated in part to his lifelong work. His legacy does live on, and it will continue to live on um, in the work that we do each and every single day. Father Joe's motto was simple, neighbors helping neighbors. KPBS spoke to him when he was named Mr. San Diego by the Rotary Club in 2012. So my goal in 30 years has been these are neighbors who have to be in trouble. When you have a neighbor who's sick, that's a neighbor. When you have a homeless person who's sick, that sounds fearful. So my goal has always been we're neighbors helping neighbors. That's all they are is our neighbors and we're the neighbors to them and we help them. He created a national model that he called one-stop shopping, having shelter, job training and health services all at a single location. And my concept was why don't we have it all on one site so people in need, neighbors who struggling, don't have to go walking all over town. Father Joe's health worsened over the years, and because of diabetes, he had to have both of his legs amputated and lost an eye. But that didn't slow him down, still rallying to raise money for the unsheltered and attending public events, like his annual holiday dinner. Everything at Father Joe's Villages begins with a meal. This means all these people, by getting food, might get into one of our rehab programs. So it's the beginning of a process that we hope to change their lives over the next year. Details for a public memorial service will be released over the next few days. And that was KPBS health reporter Matt Hoffman. It's been one year since a fire destroyed the USS Bonham Richard on San Diego Bay, and the investigation into what started the fire is still ongoing. KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh has more. The fire burnt for four days, sending smoke billowing over the region. In November, the ship was declared a total loss, but the Navy hasn't released any final report. Robert Shaw, a former ATF arson investigator, says the delay isn't unusual. Because when you're, you're conducting a criminal investigation, you want to 
gather as much information that you can and hold it and, and use it to make sure you're getting accurate information from other people. You don't want stuff to get widely circulated. NCIS spokesman Jeff Hausman confirmed Monday that a criminal investigation is still underway and that no charges have been filed. The ship has since been sent for scrap. Aside from a criminal investigation, the Navy is compiling at least two other reports on the cause of the fire. And that was KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh. Coming up, the results of a region-wide survey captures the struggles Latinas face in the San Diego workforce. We'll have more on that next, just after the break. pandemic caused a lot of changes to the American workplace, and in many cases, these changes saw people leaving their jobs. Latinas have left the workforce at higher rates than any other demographic. And according to UCLA research, they've had some of the highest unemployment rates throughout the pandemic. In response to this trend, Mana de San Diego and the Kim Center for Social Balance released a snapshot summary of the issue in an effort to highlight the inequalities that Latinas in the San Diego region face at work. Heyo Kim is the executive director of the Kim Center for Social Balance. She spoke with KPBS Midday Edition host Jade Hindman about the report. So you are releasing the first ever regional report today on the status of Latinas in the workforce, and it measures inequalities. What have you found in your research? We have found that despite the fact that Mana de San Diego members tend to be in the upper echelons of professions, they are still experiencing the same kinds of barriers to career success as Latinas in all professional tiers. And that's worrisome. Uh, considering that Latinas are a third of all employed women in San Diego County, employers really stand to gain a lot and lose a lot unless they really pay attention to this demographic group. So what are some of the obstacles that are standing in the way? One of the biggest ones is representation. Over half of our participants, our survey participants, reported that there is not fair representation in leadership. And that serves several purposes. First of all, there's the visual affirmation that Latinas can be part of the leadership narrative in their organizations. And there's also the hand down effect, you know, the, uh, the mentorship and the opening of opportunities that Latinas can create for each other. And then, of course, the influence on our younger generations where they see what's possible. So how are Latinas being left behind, say, as the nation continues its economic recovery from the pandemic? Latinas are still falling behind in terms of rates of promotion, pay, as well as representation in 
positions and industries that pay more and have higher levels of respect, if you will. And that's not changing, unfortunately, because Latinas were leaving the workforce in such high numbers because of COVID, but it's actually getting worse. And as they come back into the workforce, employers are really going to benefit if they're able to pay attention to the needs of this group, not necessarily as a special group, but simply to to implement practices and policies that ensure that uh, their promotions, their pay advances, their access to career advancement tools are fairly distributed and um, access is fairly offered. You know, there's growing speculation that there isn't so much of a labor shortage as there is a shortage of fair compensation and benefits for many workers. Does that play into what we're seeing with Latinas in the workforce at all? It does in a lot of ways. I mean, particularly when you're talking about benefits, uh, family leave, you know, in addition to basic state requirements, accommodations for flexibility, working from home when it works for people, sometimes it doesn't work. Um, and that's that needs to be paid attention to as well. Um, a lot of these things can help Latinas and other groups. And let's be honest, it, we're really talking about women in general, um, because women are the largest, I hate to say marginalized, you know, people in group in the workforce. And they're often the most uh, burdened with caregiving and other home responsibilities in addition to their work responsibilities. You know, this report is also a call to action. So how can the business community in the region support equity and equality for Latinas in the workforce? Absolutely. It's a call to action. Uh, research says that if you want to make widespread cultural transformation, you really need to do it on the local level. But if you're going to do, if you're going to have a, a united community response, you need to have local data. So the Kim Center is launching a full regional assessment the first of its kind, I think, in the country, actually, uh, sometime this later this year. And we are hoping that all employers will join forces with us, uh, elected officials, foundations, unions, you know, all our partners and would-be partners in the community will join forces with us. On a company-by-company -company basis, employers should really pay attention to the highlights that we um point to in the report because every community is different. Every company is different. So the highlights that we provide are at least a baseline for what San Diego is addressing. What we're addressing here is very different from what's happening in Tulsa, Oklahoma or New York City. So let's pay attention to what's going on here. And then to employers, I would urge you to do your own assessments. That was Heyo Kim, executive director of the Kim Center for Social Balance, speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host, Jade Hindman. And that's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio, or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.
KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon. Hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com.